What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome to our online Sunday morning Water's Edge worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these messages with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us by giving online, and for those of you that are meeting our $10 challenge, thank you so much for your generosity. You allow us to love more people, help more people, serve more people, and feed more people. In fact, our next food pantry is going to be right at the end of this month, beginning of next month, and so we plan to feed about 2,000 people on that day and help our community. So when you worship with us through generosity, you help us touch this community with the love of God. Also, for those of you that love to listen online, we want you to know that our, our in-person services are wide open back in person. We would love to have you back. We would love to see you at 930 or 1115 in person so we could hug your neck and worship with you. Today, we start a brand new series I'm very excited about. It. Let me just say this. Many of you, your family, your kids at home for entertainment, we have Netflix and other streaming services. We have YouTube. We have online video games. We have iPads, smartphones, laptops, virtual reality games, basically some high-tech stuff, and I'm assuming it's only going to get better. But I was born in 1975, which meant my childhood was spent in the 1980s and in the 1990s, and we didn't have any of that. We had Atari with Pac-Man and Pitfall Joe, and then we had the video store. And we would go to the video store and we would rent VHS movies for our VCRs and then eventually we would rent DVDs for our DVD players. And so today we begin a brand new series entitled The Video Store. In 1977 in America, the very first video rental store was open called Video Station in Los Angeles. And then in 1985, a small company named Blockbuster bought another video company called Arrows for $40 million. And then after that, all over the country, you started seeing blockbuster videos popping up. And these video stores had sections. And what section would most people normally go to first? There was the video game section, the comedy section, there was the thriller and horror section, there was the comedy section, the love, romance, drama section, the action section with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then the most popular section that most people would run to first was the new release section. And these were all the new popular blockbuster movies that were just released out of the theaters onto VHS that everyone would rush to the video store to rent right away. And so we would go there looking for a copy. And of course, these video stores only had a certain amount of copies of these new release popular blockbuster movies. And so everyone would rush there hoping they would get there before they were all checked out and rented out. And then if they were all checked out and rented out, we would have to settle for another movie. And we would check back the next day and say, did they return it yet? No, not yet. We would check back the next day. They return it yet? No, not yet. We would go back almost every single day hoping that someone would return one of those new release copies so we could rent that popular movie. Because when you're trying to decide what movie to rent, what do you do? You start to compare. This movie seems better than that movie. This movie seems funnier than that movie. This movie seems scarier or has better actors than that movie. And then we make a decision based off of how we compare. And then one day we find and we watch that movie, most of the time in our childhood, that just becomes one of our favorites. And then we watch it over and over and over again. And we don't mind renting it over and over and over again. Because sometimes if all the new releases were checked out... 
they didn't compare anyway to some of our favorite movies, so we would just rent them over and over and over again. And what movies have you watched over and over again because you love them and sometimes nothing really compares? Here's a few of my favorite movies that I've probably watched a million times. Tombstone. I have seen Tombstone so many times I can't even count. Also, The Goonies. I love The Goonies. It is probably my second favorite movie. I watched it again just the other night. Can't count how many times. And then Point Break. I love Keanu Reeves, and I can quote almost every line in Point Break. Sometimes really, really good new releases would come out, but they still didn't compare to our favorites. Now, that word compare means this. It means to measure against. As you compare, some movies didn't measure up to other movies. That's what compare means, to measure against. Now, this is a horrible habit that we all have, and it's not just you. It's me too, and it's all of us. And this is the horrible habit that everyone has. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. We compare ourselves to other people. And we know we shouldn't, but when we do, most of the time, we choose certain people to compare ourselves to, and it makes us feel superior to them. But then sometimes we go through a tough time in life, and we compare ourselves to certain people, and it makes us feel inferior and weak and insecure. And so many times we compare ourselves to our detriment. We have to understand this. It's never fair to compare. It's never fair to you. And it's never fair to the other people that things are being compared against. Because again, that word compare means to measure against. There is no advantage in your life of comparing yourself to other people. And the reason why comparing ourselves to other people is a trap, and it's always a trap, is because there will always be someone out there with a better-er than you. She's skinnier. He's richer, they're nicer, the kids are smarter, they're prettier. And then some people, they just have to have that, that est. They want to be the smartest. They want to be the richest. They want to be the prettiest. They want to be the strongest. They want to be the fastest. But the truth is, sooner or later, you're going to be the oldest, which means you cannot maintain this game and this trap of always trying to compare yourself to other people. And today, I want us to deal with this issue of the comparison trap, falling into this trap of comparing ourselves or what we have to other things or other people. And today, I want us to look at a story that Jesus taught. And it's found in Matthew chapter 25. Now, when Jesus told these stories or parables, it was a story that he was making up to illustrate one truth from heaven, one truth from God's heart. Sometimes Jesus would tell a parable and then he would walk off with no explanation. So people would follow him and say, tell us what you mean. And then sometimes he would tell a story and then he would say, now let me explain. And he would often start these stories off with this phrase, the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. Basically, when he would tell these stories, he would say, this is how God evaluates. This is how God looks at our life. This is how God evaluates our life. And so today we're going to look at this very popular parable that Jesus told called the story or the parable of the talents. And that word talents in this story means money or the measure of money like gold, silver, money. And so we always have to find ourselves in these parables and in these stories. We pick up today in Matthew chapter 25. We start in verse 14. Notice this. Again, 
the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in portions to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. So basically, he's giving them some money, and he basically is telling them this. I expect you to go and do with this what I would do with this. We move on. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver just dug a hole in the ground and put the master's money in it. After a long time, now that phrase in this story means at the end of his life. After a long time, at the end of their life, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Understand with God, responsibility is rewarded. Responsibility is rewarded. <clears throat> the servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling a small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh, intimidating man, harvesting crops that you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops that I didn't plant and I gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest on it. Notice what the servant is saying. Master, I did what I did because it's your fault. If you wouldn't have been so intimidating, if you wouldn't have been so scary, I wouldn't have messed up. So this servant was lazy and he was a gaslighter. He blamed his mistake on the master. I did what I did because of you. I did what I did because of how you are. I did what I did because of your jealousy. I did what I did because of the way you think. I did what I did because of how you are. So he's a gaslighter, blaming the master. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use what they've been given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, <clears throat> understand something. The master was not upset with his servant because he did something bad. The master was upset with his servant because he didn't do anything. He wasn't upset because he did something really awful and wicked. He was upset because he did nothing. 
I mean, how lazy can you be to not even go put it in the bank to earn interest? Instead, he just dug a hole, put it in the ground. Now, understand what Jesus was trying to say, and remember this today. What you have is far less important than what you do with what you have. What you do with what's been given to you is far more important than what's been given to you. And this is true for all of us. All of us have something, and we already know this in our instincts. I've known people who've started out with nothing. They go on to do incredible things with their life. I've known other people who started off with everything, and then they lost it all. And deep down in our heart, we know this is why. Because it's not about what you have. It's about what you do with what you have. It's not about the life that you were given. It's about what you do with the life that's been entrusted to you. And Jesus said, the kingdom kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God operates under this principle. And you, you have, you may have a certain amount of time and a certain measure of faith and a certain amount of time left. You have a network of connections, friends, family. You have some education. You have some dreams, visions, and goals. You may have a plan for the future, work that you do, some talents, abilities, and skills. And then you also have your very unique personality that makes you who you are. It makes you, you, part talent, part skills, your past, your dreams. So you have you, you have who you are, but you also have your story and your story makes you unique and it makes you who you are different from everyone else. And this is what's been given to you. But remember, it's not about what you have. It's about what you do with what you have. It's not about what's been given to you. It's about what you do with what's been given to you. It's not about the life that God gave you. It's about what you do with the life that God's given you. And Jesus made it clear, the most important thing is what you do with what you have. How much do you love to hear a story about someone who started off with nothing and go on to do incredible things with their life and their faith. And that can be you. Never convince yourself of this. Never talk yourself into the lie that you cannot do incredible things with your life. Look at me right now. You can go on to do incredible things with your life. And it doesn't matter how much you have. It matters what you do with what you have. Don't compare. That's a trap. Other people may have more than you, but what's most important is what you do with the life that's been given to you. But let me say this. You'll never hear someone who does incredible things say this. I wake up every day and think about everything that I don't have that everyone else has and I compare myself and that's why I'm a success. You'll never hear someone who does incredible things say that. On the other hand, People who do incredible things with their life and their faith, you will hear them say this all the time and notice this today. It's not fair to compare because the most important thing is what you do with what you have. And this is true for everyone. But when Jesus told this story, this is what Jesus was trying to get us to understand. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. That if you love God, you must understand that you have in your life what God has given you. God has given you this life. He has entrusted you with this life. He has given us his love, his grace, his purpose, his plan, 
new life, forgiveness. We're responsible. God, this is the life that you've been giving me. What's most important is not that you gave me this life. What's most important is that I don't dig a hole and hide it, but I go out there and I do something incredible with it. But this is the trap that most people fall into. As they compare, they start to think, I don't have much, so I can't do much. And that's simply not true. At the end of our life, we're going to give an account of our life to God. And the most important thing is not for you to say, God, you gave me a life and I didn't do anything bad with it. That's not the most important thing. God, you gave me this life and I just protected it and I just hid it away. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing is, what did you do with the life that God has given you? Every day, we're tempted to compare. I would not feel so defeated if I had their life. I wouldn't feel so defeated if I had their job. I wouldn't feel so defeated if I had that family. I wouldn't feel so defeated if I had their money. I wouldn't feel so defeated if I had what they had and on and on. But again, it's never fair to compare because the most important thing is what you do with what you have. But now think about this. Because the irresponsible servant in this story did the same thing. When we compare, this is what we're really saying. Look at me right now and understand this. When we compare, this is what we're really saying. God, I think it's your fault. You gave other people a better life than me. If you would have given me their circumstances, then maybe I could have done better. But the most important thing with God is not what you do, is, is, is not what you have, but it's what you do with what you have. And so the issue is always stepping out on faith. 15,000, over 15,000 hungry people on the side of a mountain and Jesus wants to feed everybody, but there's no food. And then a little boy shows up with a lunch, a few pieces of bread, a couple fish. Other people had lunches on that day, but they kept it to themselves. But this little boy, after talking to the disciples, he gave what little he had to Jesus. So it wasn't what he had. It's what he did with what he had. He gave it to Jesus to do something with it. He felt like he didn't have much at all. But what little he had, he gave it back to God to do something with it. And Jesus took a few pieces of bread and two small fish and multiplied it and fed 15,000 people in one day. God can do incredible things with our life, and he can do that with us too. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. More than we can ask. I don't know about you, but I can ask God to do a lot of things, and he can do more than that. But not just that, more than we can think. And in my imagination, I can think about Jesus doing some amazing things. So can you. Right now, we could use our imagination and think about God doing amazing things in our world, our community, my life, my family's life, my church's life, my friend's life. And here's the kicker. The amazing things we can dream up. Jesus says, the Bible says that God can do more than we could even think of. That we could think about all these amazing things and he can do even more than that. Incredible things with our life. Yes, we have. Yes, 
you face letdowns and setbacks. But it's not important what you have. What's important is what you do with what you have. Yes, we face storms and heartbreak, but it's not important what you have. It's important with what you do with what you have. We have faced pain and insecurity, but it's not important about what you have. What's important is what you do, what you have. We face struggle after struggle after struggle, but it's not important about what you have. What's most important is what you do is what you have. And yes, we will face letdowns and setbacks again, heartbreak and pain again, storms and insecurity again, struggle after struggle again, but give it to God and watch him do incredible things because again, it's not fair to compare because always the most important thing is not what you have but it's what you do with what you have. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We hope you have a wonderful week. We cannot wait to see you back next week. We love you all.